0: Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. This side is here. Good morning. All right. Hey, we welcome you today. I'm Dan Livingston, uh, honored to be the founding pastor here at Transformation Church. And it's amazing. I was sitting there in worship and uh, we started this church with 13 people in our living room and look what God is doing. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand for just blessing. Amen. We are at the AMC theater, y'all. And God is bringing new people every week and we welcome you today. And I had this dream last night. I just thought I'd share it today. Uh, ever had visions? You know, you felt like, wow, and I had this dream last night, and I dreamed I went to heaven, and I got there, and I was walking around, and all of a sudden, I got on Grace Boulevard, and I saw Carl, our bass player, and Carl was walking through heaven. He had this rough-looking woman on his arm, you know, and I thought, wow, Carl. And so I went over to Peter. I said, Peter, I said, Carl's a good guy, man. He played bass at our church and all this, and I said, what's he doing walking through heaven with this rough-looking woman? And Peter said, well, you know that fellow? He was a pretty good fellow. I said, but right before he died, he messed up, and his punishments, he's gotta walk all over heaven with this rough looking woman. I said, ooh, that's rough. And so then I went on around, and I saw Brother Aaron, our, our keyboard player, and he had a double rough-looking woman on his arm, you know, like rough, rough woman. And, and I went over to Peter. I said, hey, Peter, you got to tell me, man. I said, you know, Carl's got this rough woman. Now Aaron's got this rough, rough woman. And, and I said, he was a good guy, man. He was our worship keyboard player. And he said, yeah, I said, he was a great guy. He said, but right before he died, he messed up. And his punishment, he's got to walk all over heaven with this rough, rough woman. Now I saw Tommy Hinn. And Tommy, Tommy had this Vogue model, beautiful woman on his arm. And I went to Peter and I said, Peter, explain to me. I said, Carl's got this rough woman. Aaron's got this rough, rough woman. Here's Tommy with this beautiful Vogue woman on his arm. And she said, well, you know that woman? She was a pretty good woman. <laughs> right before she died, she messed up. And her said she got to walk all over heaven with this rough looking man. Ah, I got a hit on Tommy. You know you got to pick the best looking guy in the church to do that with, right? But, uh, let's give a shout out to Tommy Hen, my son. Amen. But hey, we welcome you today just to laugh a little bit. But we're on Legacy Sunday, and, and uh, this is a Sunday we're honored to speak at, being kind of a senior guy here in the church. But I hope to open your heart, your eyes, and, and really help you make some changes. How many's ready to make some changes in the right direction? Let's go to Psalms chapter 112. I want to talk to you today on leaving a godly legacy. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. How many wants to be remembered when you're gone? You didn't just go away, it was a memory. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure and they will have no fear. In the end, they will look and triumph over their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. There's many definitions of success today, but I want to talk to you about biblical success. And here's my definition of that. Biblical success is becoming all that God wants you to be and doing all that He wants you to do so that you can hear Him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Say it with me. Becoming all that God wants me to be and doing all that He wants me to do. And then one day the reward is hearing Him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. How many knows that will be a good day? And it will be a day that sums up the life that you and I have lived here on the earth. You see, when you die, you will leave a memory or legacy. A memory is about who you were. People, oh, I remember Dan, he pastored a church. But nothing left to say after that. But a legacy is not only about who you were, but it's what you did with your life that impacted someone's life in a means and a way that now takes them through their life in a positive direction that they now impart to the generation that's going to follow them. And so now your story never dies. Job was a legacy builder. That's why we keep talking about his story. Joseph was a legacy builder. That's why we keep telling his story. And your story is not supposed to end in your death as a memory. It's supposed to continue for generations to come as a legacy because you made an eternal impartation in the lives of your family and the people that are around you on a daily basis. So let's talk about legacy building. You see, memory people live only for the now. Their life is dictated by emotions that they're up one day and down another day they're winning today and they're losing tomorrow they're in church this Sunday you don't see them for four Sundays because something bad happened they live and their life is dictated on the now it's strictly based on emotions but legacy people don't live just for the now they live for the future and their life is not dictated on emotions it's dictated by mission. I'm doing what God has called me to do, and nothing's going to cause me to waver from that. Come on, somebody. And so we make a choice. Do I want to leave just a memory and be a memory person and live a life of a roller coaster ride of emotions and really producing nothing in my life? And when I die, oh, I remember him, but I can't really tell you much about him. Or do I want to live a life as a legacy builder that's going to not be a roller coaster ride, but it's going to be a continual growth of my life as I invest the gifts and the calling of God that's in my life and what he has entrusted me with, I'm going to use as a good steward and I'm going to sow into people. I'm gonna sow into the kingdom. I'm gonna give of my money, of my time, of my gifts, of my talents. I'm gonna love on people. And when it's all said and done and I breathe my last breath, it's not over. The story's just beginning. And so when we understand this, let's break it down. True success is based on two basic components. Number one, becoming all that God wants you to be. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I wanna become all that God wants. Wants me to be. To do that. This component focuses on our character. Becoming more like Jesus every day. Listen to me today. When doing takes priority over becoming. It's only a matter of time before disaster takes place. Success without character always leads to self-destruction. How many knows people that had gifts galore. Talent galore and they self-destructed. Pride, greed, arrogancy, bad choices. They had the world in the palm of their hand. Don't we see pro athletes making $15, 20000000 million a year, and now they're in prison. They're filing bankruptcy because they had all the gifts and the money, but they didn't know how to become anything other than what they were. And so if we're going to succeed, we must become all that God wants us to be. Why? God is more interested in what you are becoming than He is in what you are doing. I'm a, that's Facebook worthy right there, by the way. God is more interested in what you are becoming than what you are doing. Why? What you do is a byproduct of who you are and what you're becoming. People have always asked me and often asked me, What are you doing today, Dan? I've never had anyone ask me, What are you becoming today, Dan? But yet what you're becoming is more important than what you're doing. We're asking the wrong question. And so when we come and understand that I want to become all that God wants me to be, number two, doing all that God wants you to do. Legacy builders spend their life becoming what God wants them to be And doing what God wants them to do. God has put specific. Passions in your life. Some of you love children. Some of you love music. Some of you love making money. Some of you have all these kind of gifts in your life. And the question is: Are you doing anything with the passions that God has placed within you? Some of you are business owners. You're. Some of you have family. You're. You're great in sports. What What are you doing with the gifts that that God has placed within you? Are you doing something with those gifts? Doing all that God wants you to do? Are you spending time on other people? Are you? sowing in other people, you see, we've got to realize that when we become all that God wants us to become, and we're doing all that God wants us to do, he says there's an ultimate reward in the end that you're going to stand before him one day and hear Jesus God himself say, well done, Dan, my good and faithful servant. Come on, how many knows everything you invested up to that point's worth it right now? And so legacy builders are always looking for the future more than they're looking at the now. What is the legacy? A legacy, most people immediately say, well, it's money, it's buildings, it's companies, it's material things, and all of those things are part of it. They're not bad and they're not wrong. They're much needed. But every one of us will one day leave a legacy, good or bad. What is the legacy? The legacy you will leave is simply that which was most important in life to you. That's your legacy. If you feel and your passion is money and that that's the most important thing, then you will pass that ability to thrive and succeed and and making money onto your children and those that are around you. That's not bad. We have people in this church that their gift is giving You're not going to find them greeting at a door. You're not going to find them playing an instrument. They don't have time to go to rehearsal. They're busy making money and they understand that they're kingdom people and they sow into the kingdom with their gift and it's money. It's not wrong. They're leaving a legacy through their giving. If you think business is the most important thing in your life, you're going to pass that ability to make a business thrive onto your children and to those that are around you. If you think kindness and generosity is the most important part of your life, you're going to pass compassion and caring onto your children and the generations to come. Kathy and I, being in ministry uh, since the moment we got married, we found out real quick, you're not going to get wealthy in ministry uh, if you don't know it, the average pastor in the state of Florida right now's income is less than $16 an hour. You are not going to get wealthy on that. Can I hear a bigger amen than that? And so we knew right off that we weren't going to have this big investment portfolio to live on at retirement, so God spoke to our heart one day, and we talked about it, and we said we're going to invest in people, and we invested our life into people. Next August will be 40 years in full-time ministry, that we've sowed our life into people, Thank you. We survived. Amen. No, it's been an awesome journey. It's not a survival. It's been a thriving, amazing journey that we have no regrets. But I want to tell you, we've sowed 40 years into people. We've sowed financially. We've sowed tears. We've sowed time. We've sowed energy. We've sowed any little bit of knowledge or wisdom that we've had. And we continue to try to do that today. But what we have learned, and my children are a witness to this, that my wife and I have lived an amazing life far above what we've received in a paycheck. Because God told us years ago, He said that when you give, I will give back to you and more. And when you give of that, I will give back to you. It's in Corinthians, by the way. I'm talking Bible. He said, I will give back to you and more. And when you sow love, I'm going to give you more love than you can have when you sow funds I'm going to give you more money than you need when you sow grace I'm going to give you more grace because it's sufficient for you in your time of trouble he said when you learn the principle of the kingdom that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things uh, will be added unto you we learned that and I can tell you we've traveled the nation we've enjoyed a wonderful life we've had our problems like everybody else but I can tell you what I've learned and I've taught my children is the favor of God is far more valuable than man's wealth and those surprising blessings that God brings into your life I'm leaving as soon as you say amen today I'm headed to the Kentucky woods for two weeks in a deer stand me and my buddy Jabin's gonna kill some big deer this year and I won't tell you, but when I'm there, I'm staying in a three quarter million dollar private cabin on a lake because of a young man that's a partner in a firm up there. And he heard I've been hunting up there and he contacted me three years ago and he said, I just bought this lake house. I don't want you in a hotel anymore. I hear here's a key. Come and stay in my three quarter million dollar, 4,000 square foot lake house. So I'm living in style the next two weeks while I'm deer hunting. That's called the favor of God. And when you learn to live legacy, not memory, because when you live a memory life, you're trying to do it on your own. When you understand legacy, you're sowing into the kingdom and watching God do amazing things. Come on, somebody. Number two, legacy builders live intentional, not, ha- not, not haphazard lives. The life you live will be the legacy that you leave. What my children and grandchildren do with what I leave at my death dictates the life and the legacy that I lived in front of them. Years ago, I preached an illustrated sermon. We were on Fairfield Drive. And I preached an illustrated sermon. I got a funeral home to let me borrow a hearse and a casket. See, I'm getting ooze and was already. Nobody in the church knew a thing. Borrowed some guys to be pallbearers. They came in in black suits. Right when it come time to preach, These six men come walking down the middle aisle with an empty casket, set it up. You could have heard a pin drop on carpet. It was quiet in a Pentecostal church that Sunday. Everybody's looking at each other like, who died? We didn't know. And I passed out blank obituary cards, and I preached everyone's funeral that Sunday. And the question was this, who will be at your funeral, and what will they say? Because that's the life you lived. And so the question we must ask today is, when I die, legacy question number one is, when I die, what do you want to be remembered for? Because whatever it is, you need to get busy doing it right now. Don't wait until you're 40 if you're 20. Don't wait until you're 60 if you're 40. Start right now with a mindset of a legacy builder that I'm looking beyond me and I'm not living on emotions. I'm going to start sowing of the gifts and the passions of my time, energy, wealth, whatever I have, I'm going to start sowing it into people and into the kingdom so that when I leave here, there's not a memory, but there's a legacy that's going to follow me. There's two obituaries in the Bible. One we see, King Jeroem's. We see it in 2 Chronicles 21.20. It says, Jeroem was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem as king for eight years. But listen, he passed away to no one's regret. Nobody was shedding a tear over this guy being gone. And he was buried in the city of David, but listen, not in the tomb of of the kings. He was a king. There was a special graveyard set aside for the kings, the monarchs, that they were to be buried there. But this guy's life was nothing but a negative memory that when he died, no one regretted him gone, and they didn't even bury him with the kings. That is not a legacy you want to leave. The second one's King David. King David, we see his obituary in Acts 13, where God said, and he read it at David's funeral, a man after my own heart who would do my will. Now, if there's a guy in the Bible that messed up, it's David. The guy had a guy murdered, had adultery, had an affair with his wife. There was incest in his family. There was all kinds of mistakes made, sin done. And yet God, speaking at David's funeral, and he's saying he was a man after my own heart. Because when David did sin, he cried out to God and said, search me, O God. Know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be any wicked way in me today. Renew in me a right spirit, Father, and then I'll teach sinners your ways. God said he messed up. He was a man after my heart. What does David's obituary give us? Hope. Because anybody in here besides me messed up? Come on, somebody. Six of us. I think it was more than that. I'll change sermons on lying quickly. But it gives us hope that no matter what got us to where we are today, there's hope that we can build a legacy for the future. We see David's obituary continue in Acts 13.36. Now when David had served God's purpose, say purpose, when he had fulfilled what God had called him to do, he became what God asked him to become, he did what God called him to do. When David fulfilled his purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. And he was buried with his ancestors, he was buried in the graveyard with the other kings. I get asked this often, Pastor Dan, from other preachers, mainly like, Why did you step aside? Why did you move aside and hand the church over to Pastor Brad at this point in your life? You're still healthy, you're considerably young compared to many pastors that are still preaching. Why why did you step aside and let it end? And I said, the End? Where's the end? We're not in the end. We're, man, we're on the we're fixing an airborne right now. The greatest thrill that I get right now is sitting on a front row and cheering my son and watching him take the legacy further than I could ever take it. That's not the end. That's the beginning of a new era of the legacy going. How many appreciates the leadership of this house? And the vision of this house and and where the, the leadership's taking us. And 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 I get to watch all of my children serve God, my grandchildren serve God and lead in this house every Sunday. I get to do end? There's no end. This is not leaving a memory. This is leaving a legacy. And when you leave a legacy, it outlives you. Listen, if your life dies, when you die, you are a memory maker. But if it continues after you're gone, you are a legacy builder. I'm a legacy builder. Be one with me. You see, legacy question number two is, will you be that man or woman who God will look at at your death and say, well done? Is God going to be able to say that? So what is a godly legacy? A godly legacy is focused on the eternal, not the temporal. It continues on, even grows Transformation church future is far bigger, far greater than any place that I took it. That doesn't mean I failed. It means that I succeeded if those that follow me succeed. Listen, everybody look at me. I can't see you, but you can see me. Your success is never based on what you do. Your true success is based on what those that follow you do. If Pastor Brad fails, I failed. If he succeeds... I succeed. Come on, you with me? And so when we come and understand this, I I had two spiritual fathers in my life. One's my biological dad we'll talk about in a moment. I wanted to save him to last. But the first one I want to talk about, he's a spiritual father to me. He's been that since 1993. He passed away recently. His name's C.H. Norton. They have a picture of him. They're going to put up there. But C.H., when I came to Pensacola in 1993, I met C.H. We took the pastoral role at a church in town. It was a very affluent church. It was predominantly rich white people. And you have to understand, Kathy and I have done ministry in the inner city of the Bronx, New York, since 1980. We got married and three weeks later, moved to the South Bronx, New York, and started our marriage and our ministry. And so our whole outreach has been for the minorities and the poor and the needy and the prostitute and the drug addict and the prisoner and all of that. And then all of a sudden we take this pastorate on this rich white church. It's just it had to be God. The third Sunday, I do an illustrated sermon. There was a couple white fam- or a couple black families in the church, but that was pretty much it. They had no say-so hardly in the church. There was nothing, no black person had ever served in the, any office of that church before. The first thing they let a black person do in that church was they let one of the ladies, and that, both of those families are part of this, both of those families are four generations in this church that I've had the honor to pastor. And, and so they, they let the one black lady count my votes. To become pastor, that was the first time they let a black person serve in that church. But on the third Sunday, I did a little straight, a sermon. And I talked about reaching the unchurched, the lost of all walks of life, the rich, the poor, the hurting, the broken. And, and right at the end, I had a group of people come in. I borrowed people from other churches. And before that service, I got a guy. He took the whole week. He didn't shave. And he was from another church. I had him sit out by the church sign. We were on a very fluent part of town. And he sat out there, well, i work for Food Sign. And he, he looked like a homeless guy. And he sat out there. And then right at the end of the service, I, I preached. And I started giving an altar call. And all of a sudden, this woman come walking down an aisle. And she had age stickers on her. And then down another aisle come this little black lady with three little children on a squeaky tricycle and, and they came down. And down another aisle came a group of teenagers from all races carrying a basketball. Down another aisle come a, a white couple with a fur and a briefcase as successful business people. And, and it was just people after people became the people of different sexualities and, and all of that began to come down. And then right at the end, that guy that was homeless, they got him on the front. They poured a bottle of Jack Daniels on him. He comes staggering down the middle aisle like he was drunk. He fell on women and messed up $200 hairdos. He was real, man. He came down right to the middle of the altar and fell down. It was silence in that church. My mom met me after service. She said, your last Sunday was today. And I, entered, I, I talked to that church and I said, since the day y'all built this church, you got a sign outside that said, Welcome which you wanted to pick who it represented. And I said, today we repent as a congregation and we become the house of praise and worship that God has called us to be for all people or shut it down. The spirit of God fell in that house. Some of our people sitting here right now were there. We were in church until that night. We didn't go home. A spirit of repentance hit that house. The next day, C.H. Norton came in my office I didn't know it. He grew up poor. I didn't know him. He grew up poor. Him and his wife got married, and they lived under the stairwell of a friend's house. That was their bedroom. Their living, everything. They slept under the stairwell. That's called Poe. You don't pass poor. He tried to start a business. It failed. He tried it again. It failed. Third time, it succeeded, and he became a self-made multi-multi millionaire. He came in my office that Monday, introduced himself, told me his story. And he said, I don't flaunt my wealth. He said, I'm very grateful to God for what he's given me. He said, but I repented to God yesterday, but today I want to repent to you as my pastor. And I want to tell you, whatever God tells you to do to reach the poor of this city, don't you ever let money be a reason we don't do it. That was in October. We had already announced that we're going to do a Christmas giveaway. We're going to give a $20 gift to the children of our community in the poor areas. And so we sent the word out. It came that Saturday morning. I showed up early. There were already over 600 children in line. Then it grew to like 800. And how many more, I have no clue. And I remember CH pulling up and I'm freaking out because we have 500 gifts. And I mean, the line was all down through the community. And all of a sudden, CH pulled up and he goes, We have a problem, don't we? I go, Yeah, we do. And uh, he said, what are you going to do? I said, all I can do is count the 500 kids and say, I'm sorry, but we're out of toys. And he goes, no, no, Pastor Dan, we can't do that. He got his credit card out, got some guys together. They went to Toys and Us and all Kmart and all those stores, and he bought all those kids a $20 toy. He pulled me into another meeting, and he said, Pastor Dan, he said, you know, we're watching God save a lot of broken people. He said, if you come across a single mom or a family that, Needs something, you let me know privately and we'll take care of it. Never wanted praise for it. He's bought cars, dishwashers, stoves, paid rent. He did it. Nobody knew but me and him today. I sat with him one day and I said, CH, I don't want your money. I don't want a penny from you. I just want you to be a father, role model to me, and I want your wisdom. I need your wisdom in my life. And I never made a financial decision from that moment to the day he died without his approval and his advice. He was a legacy builder. If you go to First Assembly of God on 12th and Bayou today, you'll see big old stained glass doors, all of that building. You'll see his name on the educational building, honored to C.H. Norton because his finances built that structure. Missionaries all around the world because of C.H. Norton. His children now live the legacy that he left. And through the funds that he left, they now sow into the kingdom around the world. He's a legacy builder. I get to be part of that legacy. You can't be around my children and not hear them talk. C.H. Norton, the things that he taught me as a spiritual son. The second man that's a legacy builder in my life is my biological father. He's the opposite of C.H. Norton. We grew up very poor. My dad never became a millionaire. He had a 10th grade education. He's the hardest working man I ever met. I never saw my dad work less than 10 hours a day, six days a week. He would make time. He would leave work and come sit at our ball game for two or three innings and go back to work and finish and come home. Hardworking man. He was my hero. Because next to Jesus, he lived the life of God greater than any human being I ever met in my life. He loved God with all of his heart. He taught us how to pray, not a school teacher, not a preacher, He taught us how to read the Word. He taught us how to love God and how to love other people of all races and nationalities. Not not to hate people because of their color. I remember my parents bringing in drug addicts. I never got to use my bed because somebody else always had it. Mom always cooked for more because Dad's always bringing somebody homeless home. Friends that went to school with us, they were on drugs and messing up and their parents kicked them out so they come and live with us for weeks, months. Sometimes a year. My dad was almost decapitated in an accident. He had just built mom a 1,300-square-foot brick home. He thought it was a mansion. He was so proud of it because he provided mom a house. It wasn't paid for. It wasn't close to paid for. And my dad was almost decapitated. And he wasn't able to work for over nine months. And it looked like mom and dad was going to lose their house. But all of a sudden, those kids that they brought in, one of them, I won't mention their names. He's a big major in the military in Germany and Germany. And another one married a very successful businessman in Florida. And the list goes on and on. And they heard of my dad's accident. And they paid my mom and dad's house off for Christmas. Because they sowed, God gave back, and more. You getting what I'm talking about? I have those legacies in my life. So when you get around me or my children, you're going to hear about loving the poor. You're going to hear about sowing into other people because that's the legacy that was left us. And so when we look at this today, legacy builders have three things. I'm going to give them to you very quickly because our time is gone. Number one, legacy builders pray. They pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They pray that prayer way more than they pray the rest of it. Give us this day our daily bread. Because they honor God in their prayer. Listen to me today. Memory people's prayer life is asking for something. Legacy people's prayer life is listening for something. I want to know what do you want me to do next. I want to know where do you want me to go next. I want to know what do you want me to invest next of my life. I want to know what's my next given opportunity to sow into someone's life or sow into your kingdom. The prayer life of legacy people and memory people are totally opposite. Because legacy people are always identifying God and His grace first before they ever ask God for anything. Legacy people not only pray, but they give. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I wish I could see you right now, but I know you can see me, but I want you to get this today. When you become a part of a church like Transformation Church, here's the great thing, and I love this church. We're not the only church, and I'm not going to say we're the best church, but I want to tell you something. The vision and the mission of this house is very clear. We're going to reach as many people as we can with the hope of Jesus. Empty hell and fill heaven with every ounce of energy, wealth, resources that we have. Can I get a better yeah and amen than that? And what does that do? Pastor Dan, I want to be a legacy builder. I don't want to be a memory maker, but I don't even know where to start. Right where you're at right now, because becoming a part of a church like Transformation Church, you get to become a part of something bigger than you. And when you join the dream team, and if you haven't gone through GrowTrack, Track, please do, get involved and understand and help identify your passion and your gifts and help serve every week here on part of the team. You're becoming part of a legacy. You're helping impact people's life. You do it through your giving. You're giving. A, we're we're getting ready next month for our big legacy offering. Every year. And Pastor Brad will talk about it in a moment. And and I can't wait for this. People that understand biblical principles, they're legacy people. They can't wait for that opportunity. My wife and I can't wait to put our tithe in every Sunday because we understand the principle of sowing and reaping. We understand the legacy offering. And we sow a week of my business salary into that legacy offering every year. And last year when I announced, we were talking about it in an office and, and we were just saying and we made a video and I said God's spoke to me, we're going to give a year's salary. Before I got in my truck, we hadn't even given the offering yet. I had 10 times my offering already committed in contracts with my business. It happens. It's a biblical principle when you seek first the kingdom. And I want to challenge some of you to step out of memory because you see, memory people deal with they're what they think they can do and what they think they can accomplish but legacy people operate in faith and what they believe God to do through them and I challenge you if you've never participated in the legacy offering be a part of it this year because there's five lanes of giving we don't keep a penny of it the church doesn't keep a penny of it we sow every dime of it back out Pastor Brad will talk to you about that but I want to challenge you to join me and be excited about it because God's going to give it back to you and more legacy people They act. They act. Proverbs 3, 27, 28. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I will help you. See, memory people, they live on good intentions. Anybody besides me have some good intentions that never got anywhere? Memory people have a life full of good intentions, but they never do anything with them. Legacy people act. They act, they respond, and they see a need. They see an opportunity. They see a chance to change somebody's life in a positive way, and they act. And I want to challenge you today. You see, legacy people never make decisions based on affordability or on time available, they act on opportunity rather than affordability convenience. And I challenge you today to join me as we enter the end of this year and get ready for a brand new year that's going to be the greatest year of our lives and of this church, that we get ready and we stop being memory makers and we start becoming legacy builders in Jesus' name. Will you join me? I say, will you join me? And let's be people of legacy, not people of memory in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today for your grace and your love in our lives. And God, I just pray today, Lord, in the simplicity of this message that, God, you will challenge our hearts. And and God, let us see that, Lord, this is all to gain. That, God, we get to be a part of something so much bigger than us called the kingdom of God. And we get to do it through a local church. That God is, is preaching your word and teaching your word and equipping us, God, to be better so that, God, we can do more. And so, Father, I pray over this house today. I pray over the leadership. I pray over Pastor Brad and Ashley and Justin and Karen, Lord, and Aaron and all the team, Father, and Kyle, everybody, John, Lord, the whole team, Father. I just pray blessing over them, Father. Jawan, Lord, all of them, God, give them wisdom and guidance God, I pray over the dream team. I pray over everybody in this congregation that, Father, as we come to the end of this year, legacy time, that, God, we open our eyes and our hearts and realize that, God, we have a chance to become a part of something way bigger than us. And, God, through that, we can impact lives across the world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I need to start right now. The first thing I need to do is get my life right with God. Because right now, Pastor, things have happened and I've not made right decisions in my life and right now I'm not where I need to be with God and I just want you to pray for me. If that's you right now, would you just lift a hand right where you are? God bless you. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray a prayer for you. Anybody else, very quickly. God bless you. Anyone else? I need Jesus. I need to start over right now, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life. Amen. If you raise your hand or you did not, Would you pray this prayer with me and let's all pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, you said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord, believe in my heart that you raised from the dead, I can be saved. Right now, I come, I confess, and I believe. Right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, will you join me and let's celebrate with those that have prayed today? Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.